Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Air quotes, Danica? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, air quotes, Danica, if that is even your real name, for potentially committing crimes to get us the uh, documentary <laughs> that we are talking about today. Yeah, we uh, have not been able to put out an episode for the last two weeks. And if you're interested, why? Uh, keep listening, because uh, we definitely go into it. Um, but we also got to watch Holy Cow Swami, a Yay! documentary that we used as a semi-source in Hare Krishna's. At least other people used it as a source in the mm-hmm. sources that we had. Um, and now we have a copy and we watched it for you so that yes. you don't have to because A, you can't and B, I don't know if you'd want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole lot. It's, it's three hours of chimes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into it, wanted to say a couple things. If you want to help support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, if you want to watch another show with me in it, uh, I am the showrunner and co-host of the Rooster Teeth podcast, RT podcast, RTP, all that good stuff. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere you find your podcast, or you can watch free video version on roosterteeth.com, baby. It's awesome. We got sketches. We got game shows. We got podcasting. It is such a fun time. It is unlike any other show uh, that is on the podcasting game right now. I swear to God, we spend so much time working on it. It doesn't make sense. Um, but I absolutely love it. So go check that out. And if you like other shows with Paige on it, you should go to Horror Virgin Live. Horror bitch. Virgin Live! Bam, 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 Flamecopter. Uh, yes, <laughs> Horror Virgin Live, September 24th, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. You can get tickets on Flappers' website. We have the link in all of our Horror Virgin social media at Horror Virgin on Twitter, Instagram, etc. Find it there. And then Mikey, Todd, and I will be posting those links as well over the next few weeks in the lead up to the show. There's going to be games, guests. It's going to be great. Yeah. And you know what? For good measure, let's go ahead and put that link in the show notes for this episode. Um, Go ahead and check that link out now. I'll give you some time. Just, yeah, no, go to the... No, go to the podcast app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and then you click, no, description. No, 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 click, Stitcher's not a thing anymore. Yeah, no, 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 no. You yeah. got to, no. Wow, Jesus Christ. You're still using Apple Podcasts? What are you, a fucking idiot? I mean, I do because it came with my phone and I'm a creature of habit, but, you know, whatever. Anyway. You know what? You'll figure it out. Anyway, thanks for, <laughs> nope. I don't know why I did any of that. Down in the yeah. of <laughs> for no one, also. Just for us. Just yeah. For <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much for bearing with us. And without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Oh shit! We forgot to. In- we meant to introduce what the next series is going to be, and then we didn't do it during the episode. Do we want to oh, do it now? Oh shit! Yeah, let's do that, Paige. All right. Thank you so much for your patience while we were uh, displaced <laughs> from our homes uh, and put out this podcast and to reward you we wanted to let you know what the next series is going to be so coming up next week after we release this we are starting our series on Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and their current case that has just finished sentencing so tune in for that next week absolutely wild cannot wait um yeah without any further ado let's hop into this show hello 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 chimes 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 Drink the 
For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for Welcome in. to Cult Podcast, <laughs> donde hablos español. Sorry, sorry, go for it. Me amo, Paige Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can start over. Bienvenidos a Cult Podcast, me amo, Paige Wesley. <laughs> me amo, Armando Torres. And... Uh, with us, we have. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's the extent of my Spanish. Uh, no, no, wait. Uh, eh, us, Tambien. Nope. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, with us, we have high school level Spanish. Mm, mm, I took mm. French. I'm not helping. I'm wow. sorry. Paige, I didn't know that you were a gamer. A gamer? Yeah, because you're a real no Nintendo kid. Hey, oh, oh, hey, oh. Oh, man. For those of you out of the loop, no entiendo is Spanish for I don't understand. And that's what we that's what we called the kids who didn't speak Spanish. That or a no salvo kid. Oh, man. Is it is it said that I did know no entiendo because that's what I have to say a lot in my no, neighborhood? No entiendo. Oh my god. Yeah. I wish this was like something we were like, oh yeah, we're getting ready to cover some Mexican cult. No, we're, we're just speaking we're Spanish just a to each other. Weird mood today. <laughs> oh, I think you and I are both um in a sort of like it's a good day vibe today. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm getting up. Uh we we both of us have had the some stressful days the last couple of weeks oof, oof. um and let me you know what i'll start by telling you why i'm in such a good mood last night i ordered a uh a, a pizza from a, a a local establishment called love supreme um and check this shit out because you're gonna fucking hate me for a second i got what was called the corn pie which is uh austin style pizza which is like a sort of thinner neo-neapolitan pizza um and it has I like no that sauce, we're enough cheese, of like corn. fatty food nerds to say neo neapolitan. And you knew what I meant. And I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It had uh corn, cilantro, no oh, no sauce by the way, cheese, uh bacon and then get this, strawberries and then a drizzle of green goddess uh dressing. It is so good and so strange, and it's like, it tastes like, um, you know how CeCe's Pizza makes a bunch of weird shit? Yes. It's like if CeCe's Pizza had people who weren't intentionally trying to give you diarrhea when you went to <laughs> eat. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, that's that place is really good. I ordered that pizza. I love that pizza. It was sort of a comfort food pizza order. And then when my DoorDash driver got here, super nice guy, shouts out Jackson, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> he called me and he goes, hey man, I was, I, I, I was just trying to make a delivery before this for two ice cream sandwiches. 
Um, but the lady got them sent to her office instead of her house. So she said I could keep it, but I don't really fuck with ice cream. Do you want it? And then I just got <laughs> two free ice cream sandwiches. Hell paid. yeah. Who They're ordered like ice a... cream sandwiches through delivery? That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> they were, they were really good. Right. They were like homemade cookies, a giant oh, scoop like of ice Diddy cream. Reese. Mm-hmm. They were so fucking good. They were kind of like a Neo Neapolitan cookie too. It was <laughs> Cooked in a pizza oven. Uh, <laughs> oh, so man. I'm back. So that's that's. I'll start off by telling you that's why I'm having a good day today. I slept in. I ate a piece of leftover corn pie. <laughs> um, I have two ice cream sandos in my freezer, and also I'm back in my home because here's the bad part: they were doing construction on my building and they knocked a hole through my wall. <laughs> yeah, that was I part of why vacate. we didn't have episodes is because Armando was briefly homeless yes Paige texted me and was like hey so we're good to record for this week and i went mm, here's the thing <laughs> here's the problem I, somebody fucking miley cyrus through my apartment wall and <laughs> they came in like a texas ball <laughs> and now i have nowhere to sleep uh yeah it sucked i got vacated which uh i've been saying that phrase so much lately that i realized that technically a vacation um sounds relaxing but is just being told you need to leave your home yeah yeah, yeah. so i left my home there was a uh about a like a a, what what would you call that like a tennis ball sized hole in my wall that i realized they didn't patch up uh, during the night and I'm terrified that there are just now bugs living in my apartment that I have not found yet um, and yeah they destroyed they knocked a hole in my wall they smashed one of my windows uh, and I had to be gone for five days I was staying in a uh, what do you call it like guest suite like a a loner a, yeah a rebel it's... you wouldn't understand Dottie oh R.I.P. <laughs> Rest in peace. It was like a loner. It was like I was in gym class and I forgot to bring my apartment and I had to use the loner <laughs> shorts of places to stay. <laughs> Fucking awful. I hate it. But also, it. you got to climb the rope. Uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. You still have to do all this. You stuff. have to run a mile to get this key. <sighs> but now I'm back. I'm back in my house uh, where everything is nice and the AC actually works because in that nice. guest suite. It would not get colder than 78 degrees. And I can't, Ugh. Papa, Papa can't sleep unless it's at least 69, baby. I was going to say, you read the temperature where it is where you are right, like right before we started. Oh, yeah. I was just like, no. Yeah, it's I currently, currently 104 degrees Fahrenheit. It is the, nope. ho- it is not even the hottest part of the day yet. There is an excessive heat warning and a red flag warning until 11 p.m. at night. Hate it. And uh, it's like, I think, it, I can't remember the number. It's something crazy. I think it's like the 20th or 30th day in a row of it being over 100 degrees. And it I've forgotten what comfortable feels like. I just it's don't know. It's not that. That's for sure. You see that colorful shirt behind me? It's I made do. Out of, it, it's my new favorite type of shirt. It is a button-up shirt that is made out of the same fabric as a basketball jersey. <laughs> That's, that's what just it's going to. That's just going to make people there who already can't tell different types of brown people apart more confused. They're going to oh, be like, yeah. I had no idea Armando was Cuban. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I just when I thought it was safe to take a hit of my vape, that's when you hit me with it. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was why we uh, did not post an episode uh, this past week. It was uh, because I was vacated. Um, still had to go to work and all that stuff, which is not me knocking my employer. It is me just saying like, it sucks that when somebody knocks a hole through your wall, you just kind of have to go on doing stuff. Still gotta go at work and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But last week, Paige had quite the eventful little, uh, set of days in a row. Oh yeah. I, well, I had like a weird few days where I had to be in my office at work uh, for five hour meetings, two days in a row, just like, you know, back to back, mind numbing, screaming matches with people uh, who work in other parts of the company. Uh, and then I finally got a day home, but I literally like got I, I worked like one day, recorded two or three episodes over like the next day or two and then drove home to the Bay area to go to both a wedding mm -hmm. and then go to a friend's wedding outfit appointment ah. and then to drive home that night. So like it's been an eventful eventful week. And finally this weekend, my husband and I had literally nothing planned and we just aggressively fought to not plan anything. Yep. And so it's been very relaxing. I've just been crocheting flowers like a mad woman. I will post photos and shit in cult podcraft later but like i've been having a very relaxing time i'm catching up on the witcher it's it's a good weekend <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of how it's been for me here just unpacking finally getting things set up uh i had to clean my home because when i vacated oh that was the other thing they knocked a hole in my wall and they were like can you leave tonight and i was i looked around at my house filled with whataburger bags uh <laughs> nicotine vapes and marijuana paraphernalia and i went yeah, you're gonna have to give me like a yeah, day. yeah, give me a couple hours. <laughs> you're gonna have to give me a day, baby. Uh, and so I like, yeah, I got <laughs> Just shoveling joints into a trash bag. Like, hold yeah. up. It was like, uh, it was like these are definitely a text. regular gummies. I promise. Oh yeah, but do not eat them. <laughs> so the other thing is, I have a lot of chocolate with things like mushrooms in them that I was like, I gotta hide this because I gotta. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that if somebody's working on an apartment and they see a chocolate bar, they're going to eat the chocolate bar. And, and, then, and then you come back and your wall is fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gave me an open concept as in he knocked the rest of the wall out. It's so you can see the grid that we're all connected to, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steven, you're going to have to go, buddy. And we will not be paying you for the day. Look, Steven is my earth name, but I think that it doesn't really get to my soul name that's connected to the great web of all of us. And that name is Alan. <laughs> they call me Alan Doss. And that is who I am now. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I also saw the Barbie movie, which uh, Hell yeah. I, we will not be promoting any movie. And this is not scab work. This is Armando Torres saying that I went and saw a movie and now I am uh finally Enough? in yes yes <laughs> so to speak in an unrelated not at all connected <laughs> sentence i am enough 
I I feel like I, I didn't go to see Oppenheimer or Barbie when they came out, and I feel like I've been re- really out of tune with society and the internet. And now that I've seen both of those movies, I'm like, I'm back in. Now I get it. <laughs> I get the references, guys. Mm-hmm. I am enough. Oh, oh, Cillian Murphy's cock under a table. I get it, everyone. <laughs> I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. I uh, may have spoiled a crucial plot point. No, you you didn't because my sister came to stay. That was the other thing. My sister and, and her husband came to stay with us and see the new house and everything. And they were like, so we saw Oppenheimer and we really don't understand why people were like so weirded out about the sex scenes and then went on to describe them in very detailed. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound weird to me at all. I mean, yeah. as someone who enjoys sex, those sound like normal things. <laughs> And it's, for those of you that are that are uninitiated, this is a this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really. Is there's a scene in the movie where everything stops down, and Oppenheimer uh, takes off his bathrobe, and then a real life porn star comes onto set, and then Oppenheimer looks directly into the camera, and he goes more like Cockenheimer, and then he starts fucking her, and it's really weird. Yeah, and they just intersplice it with explosion shots, yeah. like it's. Real strange choice. It's real departure from Nolan's, you know, earlier work, especially the part where he looks directly at the camera and is like, never thought it would happen to me. (laughs) 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 Just like the the same kind of cinematography that you could expect from uh, a uh, super secret Allende Cody Banks, Uh, you know, that kind of shit. I did think it was really cool, though, when Cillian Murphy <laughs> finishes on her and goes, <laughs> I have become breast destroyer of oral. <laughs> I did think that was really cool. And I really think he's going to get the Oscar this year. Especially for that delivery. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a tough line to get your mouth around. I understand. It was really weird. It's a all in all Oppenheimer is a great 45 minute film about a guy who makes a bomb. And then the rest of the two hours and 15 minutes is hardcore pornography <laughs> featuring yeah, yeah, yeah. the very real Killian Murphy. He's, he delivers like five <laughs> sausage pizzas. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, if you're also, if you are actually uninitiated, this is not a spoiler, but it, it, there is a part of the movie in which a lot of people said that you can see Cillian Murphy's or Killian Murphy. I don't know how to pronounce mm. it. You can see Irish. I just Irish. know that he was a communist. Yes. <laughs> you can see his pee pee and, uh, I did not see it, but I did know where to look and I did look for it and I could not see it. Um, and so then somebody else told me they were like, I got to go see the 70 millimeter IMAX showing so that I could see it. And I was like, you're what? that's like, that's like what people do for art. And you're doing it to see a glimpse of a man's pee pee. What are you fucking talking about? Just, you got to see if he thunder gun expresses it. Like you got to see if he hangs that <laughs> if dong, he hangs that fucking dong, dude. Oh, oh boy! So yeah, we have had a, 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 a pretty intense uh, two weeks, um, and but during that time, we were staying busy uh, by within whatever free moments we got away, watching different forms of cult media. Um, the first one that, not in the order of what we'll talk about, but to enlighten you, is a show called uh, 
um how to be a how cult become, leader yeah how to become a cult leader which is on yeah. netflix which on i netflix. i have not i have not i did not hear anything about it until people started posting about how not great it is it yeah yeah well and oh god i have thoughts i i have watched it um now here's the thing and and i will compare and contrast this with we're going to talk about how to become a cult leader and then we'll talk about a, a different, very different documentary after. Oh, yeah. I think some of you probably have an inkling as to what it is. Uh, also, we're probably going to title the episode for it. So, spoiler. Um, <laughs> How to Become a Cult Leader is a very modern documentary, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Um, you and I have been in a documentary. We yep. we have experienced being on, on the other side of like what it's like to be interviewed for that type of media. And I feel like modern day documentaries are very much expected to have a story to have like a very specific narrative beginning middle and end much like movies do and so when you go in to be interviewed for a documentary a lot of times they will have you review the story that they are presenting and again this is based on facts and stuff but they do choose what parts they keep in what parts they don't you know uh, and then you talk about what you know about different parts of the story, and then they cut it together into a documentary. That's not always the case. The documentary we will uh, talk about after this very much just interviewed people, let them say whatever the fuck they want, and then contrasted <laughs> those two things together to hilarious ends, and we will talk about it in a minute. But How to Become a Cult Leader very much had... I will say ill-informed narratives of many of the cults that they covered. Um, but they did have good people that they were interviewing. Like one of the people they interviewed was uh, Jeff Gwynn, who wrote Life and Times of Charles Manson, which is one of the best Manson books out there, and also wrote uh, the best Jonestown book out there. And they would definitely interview him in the beginning about facts and then stop interviewing him when they just went sensational and weird with it. Mm. But they said things like, you know, they very much went with the helter skelter narrative of Charles Manson of just like not, hey, this is a, a career criminal and con man who got in over his head and is dangerous and did terrible shit. But like they very much were like he planned the murders and every it was like there is no evidence. <laughs> this is not what this is. Jonestown, they presented that he could actually faith heal people at one point during the documentary and. And I was like, that's irresponsible. That's wildly terrible. But then on top of it, the entire documentary was is couched in this idea of like, here's pro tips to become a cult leader. And I was like, that's tasteless. Like I bristle. I, I know some people in jest will joke about like our fandom being a cult or joining a cult. And I sometimes bristle at that because cults are not good places to be. And we try very hard to make fun of the leaders and not make fun of the victims. And because it's a bad situation, like it's an abusive relationship. So it really rubbed me the wrong way where they're like, you've got to get your followers to do blah. And I was like, please don't tell people this. Like, don't give them <laughs> tips. Like this is a bad, they got most of Om Shinrikyo wrong. I was just like, Holy shit. Nice. It, it, it's basically if you took the Wikipedia, not even the Wikipedia entry, like, you know, in a Wikipedia article where there's like a summary at the top, like that's what they used. <laughs> not even not even the rest of it, not even the sources. It's 
real bad. I, I was really upset to see how bad it was. Wow. But also, they should have called us. Whatevs. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't. We'll do anything. <laughs> because here, well, here's the thing. At least the Tubi documentary that we were in, when they handed us the packet a couple weeks before we shot, and they were like, this is what we're covering. Please be able to answer questions about this. They had sources like in that document of like, here's where we got this. Here's the court document for this. Here's this. And then during the filming, if we misspoke a name or anything, they would stop and be like, just so you know, it's this, this, this and this like factually and then continue. And it was. Yeah. the To see. I feel like especially because they had reputable people in the documentary they had access to those facts and then they just didn't use them and it was upsetting it was not great that is wow yeah i uh i i don't know very much about it other than people were calling it tasteless and uh i do like that point where you were like i i sometimes bristle at people calling us uh in our fandom like a cult uh, I don't. I embrace it. But what you should know is that I am a piece of shit. So if you <laughs> if you do as I do, you too are a piece of shit scumbag. Welcome to the group, baby. I mean, I will grain of salt because I'm like, I don't like when people call us a cult. But also I'm about to introduce a documentary that people got to us via crime. So like, <laughs> I, can't, That's right. I can't throw too many stones. Helter Skelter, page plan the whole podcast. Oh, fuck. Fuck. But yeah, I I was not a fan. I I was more, I didn't like the tastelessness of it. I know they're trying to do that to get it out in people's faces. I would have been fine if they would have gotten the facts right. (laughs) Then I would have been like, all right, cool. I feel like the times that I have seen the documentaries that are sort of abrasive and have like a fun sense of humor about terrible things, it's so that, like you said, get it in front of more people and make it more interesting to listen to. But their point is always like, hey, this seems sensational, but here's the real fucked up part. Um, And the times where it hasn't been like that are shit like... (laughs) shit like tiger king where initially i really liked it until i went back and watched it again and was like hey this guy sucks actually and he made him seem like a good guy he's a bad person (laughs) yeah it seems like you had a lot of information of how bad he sucks and you didn't really use a lot of that and so uh yeah i get i get what you mean and speaking of documentaries about pieces of shit that are done in an interesting way would you like to tee up the the documentary that we watched do it armando and i would like to thank and you know who you are i'm not gonna say your name because i'm pretty sure it was crime um I, I think this is technically a crime. Uh, so we had been trying through a couple. I had been trying through a couple different um, avenues to get a hold of Holy Cow Swami. Uh, I had talked to a couple people on Twitter. I had talked to a video repository that had it in Portland. Uh, I had talked to a bunch of other people. And then lo and behold, an email lands in our inbox. Now, the first one got caught by the spam filters. So we had no preamble for what this was. A second email lands in our inbox is like, hey, I don't know if you got the first email, but I go to University of North Texas. I got the copy. We burned a copy and it is now in your inbox. And so I quickly snagged it and downloaded it. And uh, Armando has it as well. 
And we were like, perfect. Let's watch Holy Cow Swami. We can't believe we finally have it. So excited. Uh, and, and the link like expired too. It was time. It was a time sensitive thing. So uh, thank you for committing crimes on our behalf. Normally, I would say don't commit crimes uh, on our behalf. Uh, and again, in I would, general, don't. And again, I would say always do. I always commit crimes on our behalf. And when you get arrested and they go, why did you do this? Start playing the latest episode of Cult Podcast. <laughs> Lo siento. Uh, so we had uh, we we finally had a copy of, of Holy Cow Swami. We both watched it, but of course we went to go turn it on, and we were like, "It's three hours long." Yeah. Now a little, j- just a little background on what this documentary is, and Armando, feel free to chime in as we paint the picture for these people. First of all, some very interesting choices were made. Uh, there is a soundtrack throughout the entire documentary through interviews through footage through title cards and it is essentially the chanting of the Hare Krishna yeah it's a lot of stomping of feet and clapping of symbols and hands and just like a lot of um a lot of like what feel like eastern drum rhythms which personally I enjoy a lot, but are hard to have underneath soft-spoken hippies as they try (laughs) to tell you a story. And you're like, it's just, somebody's like, yeah, so when I was thinking about joining this group, these were the things that made me interested in it. And I'm trying to listen, but in the background, it's like, yeah. Hare uh, Hare Krishna! And you're like, oh wow, yes. I really wish oh, you weren't God. screaming in my fucking ear right now. Now, here's the thing, because it was driving me fucking nuts. It was like hard to watch the documentary. And then they get to the part where they talk about the chanting and how long they're supposed to chant and how long people chant and how it can be almost hypnotic. And I was like, oh shit, that's why they put this in the back of the documentary mm-hmm. so that you're watching it for three hours and you're like, I swear to God, if I hear one more fucking castanet or one more symbol, I'm going to fucking scream. That's why. Like They're like, yeah, this is what they listen to all the time. Like Here's what it is. Listen to it. Uh, so I think it was intentional, although ill-advised. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like I said, it's a very interesting choice to have made and I see the, the point in doing so. Uh but but in terms of being able to understand your movie, <laughs> rough. Uh, just yeah. turn it down. Just a just a smidge. Just, just, just a shade down. Uh, then it also has a narrator that you never see. Uh, you just hear, but he only reads the title cards, which are done in uh a a very. It, it almost I was like, did the yellow deli draw these title cards? Because that's kind of what it looked. It's the most if you're like, what's a font hippies would like? That's it. Like you have found it. Um, yeah, it is that they all feel yeah. very hand drawn, handwritten and uh, not just by children, but like son children or whatever the term is. <laughs> Indigo children, yes. if you will. Yes. yes, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. They're very, very uh, much in line with the aesthetic of the Hare Krishna. Very much so. Now, what I think is super interesting about this documentary is it is not done the way modern ones are. Um, hold the what the fuck? I'm sorry. Okay, so my, I just got a text message from my father that a full size turkey jumped into the patio of their condo and they can't get it out. What? <laughs> 
and Jake, Jake just heard heard me from inside and is laughing in the kitchen. Um, I, I have a photo. What the fuck? What? That is fuck? a full size turkey. Yeah. Oh God, he wants to fight. Um. Oh jeez. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, good luck, mom and dad. <laughs> Have fun figuring that out. Anyway, uh, unlike modern documentaries, uh, un- unlike you know how to be a cult leader, as opposed to I would say having a set story and then cutting to that story, this documentary very much just interviewed a ton of people about all the same stuff in whatever order and then would cut contrasting interviews together, which I found very interesting. So there's a number of interviews where they're like, I mean, none of that happened. Okay, like, a lot of it happened, uh, but not that many people got molested. And then the next interview's like, so a ton of people got molested? And you're just like, wow, yeah, <laughs> okay. It, it is very much cut together like an Arrested Development uh, episode, which I like a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, what, one of the things that I think was really, uh, I keep, saying interesting and i feel like an idiot for saying that um one of the things that i feel like set it apart from documentaries that i've seen lately are that uh the way that it goes back in time and like sort of handles the the time shift of explaining different stuff is it will only sort of give you context if somebody says something and they're like, yes. oh yeah, so you probably need to know this story. And then it'll tell you like a full story so that you understand that sentence. And again, I realize that is something that documentaries do, but they don't just stop a story to like, okay, now yes. we're going to go back and tell you this story. Well, and I, and I think part of that too is, you know, cause this story that this documentary tells spans 20 plus years, yeah, like closer to 30 years. And so at a certain point, they don't they only have so much footage from so many people and places that they're kind of letting people tell the story. And then whenever they have to, they kind of go back and cut in a story to make things make sense. Um, The other thing I thought was really interesting is that they established that by the end of the documentary, even though he's basically in prison, uh, Keith Ham is a millionaire and still didn't fix those damn teeth. <laughs> I think that was the first thing I said to you. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I I believe because I I saw it when I went to send you our Zoom link today. I believe my response was, "Quote: Well, the temple is for God, and teeth are just for the bitches." Yep. Um. But yeah, the teeth. And then I could not for the life of me figure out what was going on with his body to the point where I was wondering if there was some sort of tumor or something. And I think I think and this is I know this is a really strange thing, but given all the other things we know about him and a lot of the things that he fakes and pretends throughout his life, I think he might have been padding his body. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Okay, okay. This is, I, I realize I'm about to sound crazy. Throughout the documentary, he is often sitting, you know, usually up on a pedestal like a guru would, uh, or walking around in his robes like a guru would. And his 
from about mid waist up is very, very thin. And then his legs are very, very thin. And then he seems to have one of the most pronounced beer bellies I've ever seen. But it also doesn't move naturally with his body like a part of your body would. And it it seems like it would make his back super hurt. Like it's that out of place to the point where like if someone had maybe a tumor or cancer or, a, you know, some sort of surgery or something, that would make sense. And you'd be like, OK, that's that's a result of that. It doesn't say anything about it. And he seems to develop it when he takes over the group. And like as a young man, he does not have it. As an old man, it seems to suddenly appear throughout until the very very end when he's been exiled and he's just in sweatpants at his like trailer by that waterfall and then it's gone so i think maybe he was doing it to look more like a guru do i sound crazy you don't sound crazy what sounds crazy is that it is one of the most logical things to notice while watching his strange strange golem like body develop through the years yeah um i just i don't why would you do that right that's what i'm saying i don't know but also why would you get a million like eight million dollars and not fix them teeth like exactly yeah wow that's yeah damn right I think you're right. I think you might have been right. Yeah. Now, and the, again, cause I couldn't, I was, it was bugging me the whole time. At a certain point, he gets out at the courthouse when he's going through his trial and he shows up in robes and you can actually see the outline of what looks like folded fabric under mm. that part of his body. I don't know. That's one of the few things that does not get explained in this documentary. Literally everything else gets explained. <laughs> Uh, he does admit in the documentary that he was gay. So confirmed, uh, all of the allegedly's we had in our episodes about that confirmed, um, very much so. Uh, but also something that I thought was interesting that you probably noticed as well. Uh, a few members alluded to the fact that they had started hoarding guns in the seventies, like way earlier than we thought, and that they were partnered with a a biker gang um for security in the 70s which is wild um nobody else had that info and yet they interviewed people in the biker gang which is wild um at one point they're interviewing one guy uh chuck saint dennis no that's the guy who died that's the guy they killed um they're interviewing some of the guys who are running security and they were like so he asked me to run security and to watch out for this and that and then they'd cut back to keith ham he's like we never asked them to do that i mean maybe we asked them to follow us and make sure we were safe and i was like no that's yeah that that's that's what what that that means means, my (laughs) my dude um Mm. yeah I didn't hire you to fucking make a pizza. I hired you to feed me using these this dough <laughs> right. and sauce and cheese and <laughs> that you pepperoni. put into an oven and then slice into triangles. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this documentary of like people being like, "Well, they asked me to do A, B, and C." And then going back to Keith Hammer, some of the early adherents who are interviewed for the documentary being like, "No, I mean there was C a and b but there wasn't a b and c and you're like what like what that's yeah the same thing like what are what it is a really interesting thing to see there that fucking word is again interesting <laughs> damn i'm so stupid 
Uh, it is very eye-opening mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to see everyone's different perspective on being in the same group where I think what's happening is because you're right. Somebody will say, well, there was A, B, and C. And somebody will go, no, there wasn't. There was C, B, and A. That's yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it'd be ridiculous. Completely different. Um, I think it, it, it's, it shows how you can have these groups where everyone is joining for a different reason uh, and and to accomplish a different goal. Um, And I think that's really a really good thing to keep in mind as we cover different cults or as we talk about this group, or if you haven't listened to the episodes where we did, I don't, I don't know what you would get out of this. So I I, I guess just keep in mind whenever we talk about groups that there's these members who are all getting different things out of this because there is no, (laughs) it's just built to bring more people in. So you can see whatever you want in it. Right. Well, and, and it, (laughs) <laughs> for that exact reason, one of my favorite people in the documentary was the head of the ISCON board, who was just mm-hmm. like, fuck this guy again. Uh, look, all the gurus are fucked up. That's why we created a board to try and stop this from happening. <laughs> and you're just like, he's just exhausted <laughs> and trying to do his job. Um, but some of the footage they got in response to a thing that that ISCON guy says is because he's like, he was basically running it like a Christian cult and just calling it Hare Krishna. And they showed footage and they're literally singing Christian hymns, just replacing Hmm. God, Jesus, whatever with the word Krishna. But like the hallelujah chorus is what it like super famous Christian hymns. And I was like, I did see that one. What is going on? And like, anytime you ask, like there's multiple times in the documentary where Keith Ham just quotes the Bible and is like, Krishna said that I was like, or not though. <laughs> like, the, the, like that's first Corinthians, my dude. Like what, what is happening? I did think it was a little suspicious when they said they wrote the song. My, uh, my Krishna is an awesome Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> he reigns in orangey robes and heads that are shaved. And yeah, it's like that though. Um, <laughs> My what I found really interesting were the sections on the women who were raising donations um, Mm -hmm. where we got a little more context on that, where we knew there were um, copyright issues and Looney. They didn't really talk about Looney Tunes in the documentary, but they did talk about college teams where they were basically like you would go to a game. They'd be like free Raiders shirts if you sign up for this thing and give a donation or they were posing as environmental organizations that are just like, save the trees. And I, first of all, can't believe that people gave them money uh, because their whole thing was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to fine you for having too much fun. But I won't give you a ticket if you donate to the trees. And I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, Becky. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, It's some real fucking like uh, Joe's Crab Shack vibes. Yes. <laughs> like- Get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to enjoy my fajita plate. Yeah, thank you. I don't know how I got a fajita plate at a crab shack, but here we are. I brought it. I brought it, I brought it here with me. I brought it from home. We have fajitas at home. Uh, <laughs> and now we have them here at Joe's, Joe's Crab, crab Shack. shack. Um, but the, the guy running, like everyone in the documentary talks about the guy that was running the organization that sent those women out. Uh, and they all tiptoe around calling him a pimp. 
mm-hmm. because they're all just like, well, in his past careers, he was good at like organizing and delegating women. And I was like, so he was a pimp. Okay. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that he was, uh, he, he was a, a, a man that you could see wearing like a purple suit with a feather in the cap and goldfish in his glass heel shoes. Yeah, and he did routinely slap them, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. related at all. <laughs> no, he said it was that's how you keep your Hare Krishna hand strong. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, he it very much is set up that way. He's also one of the only people that's allowed to have multiple wives because at one point they talk about they introduce plural marriage, but only for people that the guru likes and that this guy was abusing his multiple wives. And I was like, yeah, okay. They then get into a whole thing with Charles St. Dennis, who is the one of the people that they have allegedly murdered. Um, and they don't find his body, but people are charged with that murder. Uh, but essentially there's a story of like, he raped somebody and then that woman's, husband was like i want to kill that guy and the guru was like i told him not to but i did say that god would say it was okay and i was like well wait hold on (laughs) yeah i told him not to but but i also told him that morally there was nothing wrong with the idea but heavily suggested it was okay uh now here's the thing hey hey don't fucking rape people (laughs) like i get you know like i'm Hey, sure. Uh, but that's also the it's not telling somebody to not do something. It's the equivalent of saying, I'd rather you didn't, but do what you need. <laughs> yeah, to do. do what I will, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is how we find out that they were literally just burying people all mm-hmm. over the, the compound. Because when they come to search for that guy, they find like 15 other bodies and they're just like, oh, she died of old age. And they just never recorded that she died and things like that. And they were just receiving checks or whatever. It's not good. It's real bad. It's it's a really dark, weird thing to see and witness people talk about. So like cavalier, is that the right word for it? Just like in a way where you're like, okay, hold on. Hold on a second. Do you not see what's wrong with the thing that you just said? Right. Well, and okay. like. Within this same portion of the documentary, they interview the guy that used to be the doctor on call who stopped working with the Hare Krishnas because he felt like he was constantly under surveillance by the guru. And his name, unfortunately, is Dr. Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed every time uh, because I was just like, inflammable means flammable. Uh, But he becomes a key witness for the initial trial which by the way he's convicted and then they appeal that appeal is done by who who else but alan dershowitz uh frequent flyer to epstein's island so uh that portion of the documentary is real frustrating because there's it and but done really well because they cut from like victim statements to alan dershowitz being like well who would even believe that and you're just like, what a fucking tool. <laughs> like, I want to punch your teeth in. Like, holy cow. Like, allegedly, Swami? these are my opinions. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Allegedly, you want to punch him in the I teeth? I just don't want to make allegedly... threats against a guy who's definitely litigious, but has also been to Epstein's Island. So, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Allegedly, the teeth punchings talked about on cult podcast are the opinions of no one held by nothing. And they are not credible threats. I don't know where to find you. My hands are weak. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the fucking theme from Rocky playing silent softly in the background. Um, but at, at this point, uh, he, the appeal is granted, but he comes home and then the Winnebago incident happens, which is... <laughs> And they call it in the documentary the Winnebago incident. I I know this isn't a good thing, but I, when they <laughs> when they started talking about the Winnebago incident, I had to keep pausing it because it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. The Winnebago incident. We ran out of wheat thins and we're halfway through the road trip. <laughs> yeah, like it sounds very trivial for something that's not good. It's like real no. bad. It's really bad, but it sounds like the Winnebago incident, like, yeah, this guy, we were on a road trip together, and he used the bathroom and made it stink, and the whole road trip, we had to smell his big stinky shit. That's what it sounds like. He it forgot to hot like... bag it. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, hot bagging is when you're on a tour bus or van or Winnebago that has a toilet. You put a grocery bag in the toilet so that you can poop in the toilet and throw it away instead of having to, like, smell the poop the whole time. Yeah, or you get a place or thing that has a working system. But you know what? You can hot bag anywhere. I'll hot, buy, I'll hot bag in a Honda Civic if I'm on a road trip. I don't care. Hey, you know what? At Bass Pro Shops, they sell little toilet seats that go on top of those five-gallon Home Depot buckets. So you could hot bag in the comfort of your own home if you want. That's a, that is that is a fucking wild product to it's sell. It's ingenious. I, I was it. like, this is one of the only things that would make camping feel slightly okay for me. <laughs> yeah, at that point though, I would recommend just cutting a hole in the bottom of the bucket so that you're just shitting on the floor. I guess because like, why are you gonna ruin your bucket? I think you'd put a garbage bag in the bucket and then throw all your need- poop away. I don't know. You you don't want to attract bears. I, 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 I'm not I, a good outside person. I don't know. Yeah, I'm indoorsy. I, few, I can't help it. I have a few issues. One that I'm now realizing I won't be able to return those Home Depot buckets, uh, and because I should have used a bag. But secondly, I don't know enough about nature to refute the claim that your human shit will attract bears. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that that's true, but it also is one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, because of the the food that you have in your, in your, in your shit, you know, it, it can attract the bear. Like that sounds real, but I really want it to not be true. I don't know. Anyway, the Winnebago incident. Uh, so yes. even though he's kind of exiled from the community, they are going to send him to the World Congress on Religion, which is a, a big conference that he's supposed to speak at. So they buy him a Winnebago and literally as they're driving the Winnebago somewhere, which I don't know how they didn't notice that this extra person. Oh, no, I guess he was with there was a a younger Malaysian boy who was, uh, I believe, a teenager. Who I guess was along as like an assistant who knows. But as they're driving, the curtain to the bedroom of the Winnebago opened and uh, Keith Ham was touching that that man inappropriately boy inappropriately uh assaulting him essentially um at which point they definitely immediately turn him back in (laughs) um 
And that's kind of that second trial where he gets convicted is kind of where the the documentary ends because that's when it was made. So they don't know that he then got out, went back to India and died, etc. But that is where Holy Cow Swami, the documentary ends. I would say overall a very good documentary, just tough to sit through with the music, but fascinating and super interesting that they got really, really early members to be interviewed and be like, no, it wasn't that bad. And then to come back around and be like, okay, so it was like really bad. Like it was bad, but it also, it it gave me also a little respect for ISKCON for them being like, this is fucked up. We've been telling you guys for, we got to get this guy out of here. Like for them actually Mm -hmm. being like, let's, can we not, (laughs) can we not? Uh, That was pretty interesting to me, but. Yeah. Almost every, the entirety of their time on screen is spent just being like, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. And they go through a handful of other gurus. They're like, this person, this person, this person. All of these people sexually assaulted people because they had absolute power. No one should have absolute power. I was like, so close. <laughs> this is, we are so close to, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that was Holy Cow Swami. Thank you so much for committing low-level crimes uh, to get it to us. Yeah, and do more, I would say. Like, if you could get me a copy of... <laughs> you know what? Go down to whatever your downtown area is and find the person selling DVDs on the sidewalk uh, on top of a blanket uh, that is definitely also a bootleg copy of some cartoon character. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bootleg blanket. Um, and, uh, just buy me a couple DVDs and send them over. All right. You got jumper. Now you see me too. And, (laughs) and, uh, some Japanese version of what I think is supposed to be transformers. No, you got to get weirder with it. You got to go to the ones where it's like, okay, I got jumped. I got, now you were seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) I got transformers, but the but instead of a F, it's a PH, and they're <laughs> doing cool dances. It's got Shia LaBeouf in it. <laughs> it's just him fucking boofing vodka the whole movie. Yo, you like Calvin and Hobbes? It's a transmorgfers, bro. <laughs> and then of course I got Oppenheimer with all two hours and fifteen minutes of Killian Murphy getting his dick wet, dude. <laughs> That shit is wild. Oh. oh my god! Yeah, uh, a very fun, interesting movie to watch. It is very clear that this person did the same movie. Uh, the other one, the what is it? The wonderful wild. Oh yeah, the, the wonderful whites of, of West Virginia. Which the wonderful again, whites of West Virginia. Y'all got fajitas. Yup, fiestas. <laughs> Do you have fiestas? Y'all got fiestas. What? You, fiestas. You got mozzarella um, sticks. No, we don't have fiestas or mozzarella sticks. If you don't got fiestas, how come you put it on the menu? <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking movie is so great. It is, it is oh, great. A lot of them man. are on Cameo now. Uh, you're welcome for that information. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it made me happy because the one that that works on her sobriety at the end of the documentary seems to have maintained it or at least is currently mm-hmm. sober and that's great and i love that uh she, so. she's the person in like uh she's like the 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 guy in tiger king who went and got his teeth fixed yes. and is just doing great now yes yeah 
yeah just phenomenal oh man i um <laughs> i want to thank you again for sending us this documentary page i want to thank you for forcing me to sit through all of it um and uh to all of the wonderful documentarians out there i want to say thank you for making weird shit all the time constantly thank you for um, making us friends <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think um, I think with that, we can uh, end it out. I want to say, hey, if you want to uh, come catch me doing stand-up and stuff, you can find dates on my Instagram. It's at Mondo Does Stuff, M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word. Um, that same handle I got on everything else. Uh, to- <laughs> X, I guess. <laughs> now, <laughs> in, uh, since the last time we've recorded, I can no longer call it Twitter, apparently. Um, although I don't know if you'll be able to see this, I used Apple shortcuts to change my logo. Uh, so it's just a terrible drawing of a bird and the app is now called Twibber, um, with two B's. <laughs> I like that very much. Anyway, you can follow me on Twibber at Mondo does stuff, TikTok, Twitch, all that stuff. Same thing. And Hey, if you like me and the stupid things that I say, go check out the rooster teeth podcast, the RT podcast, RTP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, wherever you listen podcasts or watch the video version for free on the Rooster Teeth site, roosterteeth.com. It's a really fun show. It's got sketches. It's got game shows. It's got a lot of just regular podcasting. Every episode is a blast to make. And I get to hang out with some of my best friends making each other laugh. It is a fucking awesome show. Uh, go check it out. Go watch it. I love you. Good night. Goodbye. Good luck. Good chicken hey it's your girl Paige. i'm here most weeks when we're not vacated um (laughs) you uh you can listen to me on horror virgin and romancing the pod and if you are in the los angeles area september 24th go see horror virgin live you can get tickets right now at flappers uh comedy club's website but also we have the link in all of horror virgin social media i'll put it in mine as well so that you can easily get those tickets uh we have a few left please come see it it's going to be such a fun show um i also this comes out on monday thursday uh i am battling keith carey at jam in the van in culver city there are a few tickets left for that so please go see that if you want to. Uh, it's a bigger venue than normal roast battle. So it's a little easier to like sit and watch and not be cramped and sweaty for like three hours. Um, then I will be in San Diego at the Madhouse, the 18th and 19th, two shows each night. You can get tickets at Madhouse's website. Uh, other than that, I love you so much. Um, follow me on social media at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok and at Page Wesley on Twitter at Rampage Wesley on threads uh, and, you know, at Page Wesley on your mom's dick. What up? Uh, hey, yo. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> uh, and if you hate us as individuals but want to follow us as a collective, you can go sure. to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. Uh, you can also send us a email to ColtPodcastShow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us something you stole, don't. Don't make us liable for that shit, but secretly send it to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like Like The the Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this, I'm going to say, don't 
drink the fiestas from Taco Bell. As, yeah, don't drink the fiestas from Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye.